You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, July 5th, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, rector at St. Thomas. Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said to the crowd, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Your wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and you have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one except the Father And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, friends, as I uh, told you at the at the top of this um, um, service, that this is being pre-recorded uh, to give the staff a, a, a much-needed break. Um, and I thought, though, I'd, I'd come to you this morning and offer this reflection, uh, where uh, this. You'll be listening and watching this service on July the 5th, uh, July 4th weekend, that uh, time that we uh, celebrate the birth of our nation, uh, and we, we celebrate freedom. And uh, I think freedom is something that's, that's uh, at, the, at the heart of how we understand ourselves as citizens of this great country. And so I, I wanted to reflect for a few minutes on, on uh, freedom as Christians uh, understand freedom. And we have a wonderful text here that can open that up for us, Uh, this uh, piece from Paul's letter to the Romans. Uh, Paul's letter to the Romans is is his, uh, really his uh, magnum opus. It's the, the, it's really in many respects the the greatest work of theology that's that's ever been written uh, in in the Christian story. Uh, And at the heart of the the letter to the Romans are chapters seven and eight. And, And this piece we read this morning uh, comes from chapter 7. I'll be reflecting on, on chapter 8, and we'll be reading a piece from that next Sunday. But let me, let me uh, remind you what, uh, what Paul's saying here uh, in chapter 7. He's reflecting on the, the, um, the existential crisis that we find ourselves in 
uh, when we are when we know what we we ought to be doing, yet we're unable to do it. And here he's reflecting on the law, uh, and and recall that the the law uh, was given uh, to to the people of Israel and by extension uh, to all the world uh, by God on Mount Sinai, and God. Uh, gave us the law and gives us the law for for our our health for our benefit you know we all need guidelines we all need we all need uh rails uh to 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 uh keep us safe and to keep us healthy and that's what the that's what the law is for god gave us the law for our benefit uh yet because we're human beings we we find ourselves so often unable uh to be true followers of the law uh, and why is that? I think it's a it, it it's a, a reference back to that beautiful second uh, creation story in the book of Genesis, the story of Adam and Eve, where God's created them, placed them in the garden, and said, "You you you'll have everything you need here, except I'm going to ask you to do to do one thing, and that is not to eat from the uh, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." And of course, what's the first thing they do? Uh, they they uh, violate that law because the wily serpent has come to Eve and said to her, Oh, don't be afraid. Go ahead and eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil because then you will be like God. And, and I think that's something that, that ought to uh, strike us as very chilling uh, and very revealing because we as human beings often, often want to put ourselves in God's place. We want to elevate our own wants, our own desires, our own, our own egoic needs and place them at the center of our lives uh, and, and push God to the side. And of course, when we do that, the results are just disastrous. And so that's what Paul's referring to here. Uh, he's, he's referring to the, the, the bind, the dilemma we find ourselves in as human beings where we've put ourselves in God's place, yet there's something in us that knows that that's not right, that that's not healthy for us. And so listen to what he says and see if, this, if, if, if you resonate with this. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Sound familiar? <laughs> it sure does to me. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. In other words, he's, you know, if I have enough self-control to do what I don't want to do, then the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. And for, for Paul, of course, flesh means that, that egoic desire to put ourselves in God's place. I can will what is right, but I can't do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Again, does that sound familiar? Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Sin meaning separation from God. So I find it to be a law that when I do, that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self. But I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there it is, plainly stated. The dilemma that we as individual human beings find ourselves in and also 
in, in large extent the, the dilemma that we as, as, as communities often find ourselves in. You know, we, we know what the right thing is to do, yet we have such great difficulty doing it because we have placed ourselves uh, on, on the throne. We've placed ourselves on the judgment seat and we've moved God aside. So this, this, this beautiful uh, 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 meditation on, on the limits of freedom, and that's what this is. It's a meditation on the limits of freedom. You know, too often we think of freedom as, well, I'm just free to, to do anything I want to do, you know, as long as it doesn't you know, affect another human being. Ha, 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 right? We don't really believe that. But we think we should just be free to do anything we want to do. That's kind of the, uh, the, the gospel of this radical individualism that uh, has, uh, in, in, in many ways, been such a, 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 a hindrance to the, the development of community uh, in, in, our, in our nation. We, we, we are too often radical individualists uh, and, and, and rarely uh, uh, willing to sacrifice self for the, for the greater good. And so uh, that, that's, a, that's a dilemma we have, and, and, and the results of that, of course, are very plain. Uh, we, we're, we're a fractured people because, because we, we too often don't consider the, the common good and aren't willing to sacrifice a love of self uh, for the common good. So that's certainly true for me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying anything about anyone that I'm not first saying to myself. Let me assure you of that. You know, I know for me that oftentimes the, the impulse for self-satisfaction, the impulse for self-gratification, uh, the impulse, the pull to self-righteousness, you know, that's, that's just as, uh, as, as sinful uh, as, as, any, as any of the, the sort of the naughty behaviors that, that we too often identify as sins. Uh, the pull to self-righteousness, which means the pull to say, I'm right and you're wrong. Oh, my dear friends, I've got that deluxe. I've got that in spades. Uh, and I realize that what that does is it, it prevents me from being in real relationship uh, from those who are different from me. You know, it keeps me from being in real relationship with the people who are outside my tribe. Uh, and so when we, when we uh, allow ourselves to go to that place, that place of self-righteousness, uh, that place of uh, dualistic thinking, I'm right and you're wrong, I'm good, you're bad. It's destructive of community. And, and, I, and I fear that that's what we as individuals, uh, where we find ourselves right now, and to some extent that's where our nation finds itself right now. So the, the kind of freedom that Paul is talking about is really freedom in Christ. Do you see how he, how he ends this? He says, wretched man that I am. Uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm prone to all of this, um, this self-satisfying behavior, and it, and it makes me miserable. And how do I get out of this bond? One sentence, thanks be to God through, our, through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's grace, Jesus' grace. Uh, the grace of being a follower. The grace, my dear friends, of surrendering. And man, that's just something we don't like to talk about. But what, what freedom in Christ means is true surrender. Uh, and and it's a, it seems like a paradox, doesn't it? 
that, that we can only be truly free when we freely surrender our will to conform our will to God's will. Uh, there's the meaning of true freedom. Um, and, and so th this is true not only for us as, as individuals, it's, it's true for us as a community, it's true for us as a society. That it's only in surrendering our, our uh, pull to be th these, these atomized individuals uh, and surrender ourselves as a, as, a, as, as a community, as a society to, to following God's will, uh, that, that, that we will find that, that true freedom that's offered to us in Christ. Um, and, and, you know, what, is it, what does it mean to surrender ourselves uh, to Christ? Well, you remember that, that Jesus famously says in Matthew's gospel, you know, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law and the law and the prophets. And what is it that the fulfillment of the law uh, involves, Jesus says? To love God, he summarizes the law this way, love God with all your heart, mind, and strength, meaning love something outside of yourself. Love that which is larger than yourself. Love that which is transcendent. Love that, that which, which created the, the universe and binds us all together. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. And, and who is your neighbor? Right? That, that, that was the question that the lawyer uh, put to Jesus in Luke's gospel. And, and you remember Jesus' answer? He told the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it turns out that the, that the neighbor uh, in, in, in the parable of the Good Samaritan wasn't the, uh, the, the, the two uh, religious uh, uh, leaders who ignored the man who was in the ditch. Uh, it was that, that's, that's the stranger. It was the Samaritan. It was the one who was the, who, who to uh, uh, good Jews was an outcast. And it turned out that was the one who was the neighbor because what did he do? He looked at the man who was in the ditch and he loved him. Uh, he crossed boundaries. He, 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 he saw the man as a beloved child of God just as he was. And so that's our, our, our call as, as individuals, and it's our call as a nation to cross boundaries and to, and to look at each other as beloved children of God and to love each other in that way, regardless of differences in ethnicity, in, in race, in, uh, in, in economic circumstances, in, in immigrant status. You know, our call is to love each other uh, as beloved children of God. In just a moment, we're going we're gonna to sing one of my absolutely favorite hymns. And, and I will have to tell you, it's my favorite national hymn. Uh, it's uh, America the Beautiful. And did you know that America the Beautiful was, it was written by Catherine Lee Bates, who was a, a, a college professor at Mount Holyoke College in the late 19th century. And she was also a faithful Episcopalian. And I, I, I love uh, what, what this beautiful national hymn captures. O oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesties above the fruited plain. I, I, I think of uh, driving up to the Skagit Valley and, and seeing the, uh, the, the glory of the Cascades and Mount Baker rising up above the, 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 the verdant, uh, fruitful fields uh, of, of those farms in the Skagit Valley. 
America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood, with neighbor love from sea to shining sea. And then uh, this, in the second verse of the hymn, I, I think uh, Catherine Lee Bates speaks pretty clearly to us as a people. O beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy, mercy, mercy more than life. America, America, God mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty and law. Do you see what she's, she's, she's saying here? She's, she's reminding us that as, as beautiful and as uh, wonderful as, as, our, uh, as our land is, that it is flawed. It is flawed. And so we come before God on this day asking God to mend our flaws. And, and our flaws are, are writ large right now, aren't they? I mean, this, this pandemic has, has uncovered so many of the, uh, of, of the, um, the illnesses uh, that need healing in our society, physical, spiritual, uh, illnesses, flaws uh, that, that want to be healed. And confirm thy soul in self-control. You know, we're, we, we, we see the absence of self-control uh, in our culture these days. And, and it's all across the spectrum, my dear friends. Let's, let's not kid ourselves about that. It's all across the spectrum. This, this inability to control our, our own selfish wants and desires. Um, and and, and just, just look around you, and, and we can all see that. And confirm thy soul in self-control, thy, thy liberty in law. In other words, it's the law, the law given to, uh, uh, to the people uh, on Mount Sinai, uh, the law that Jesus so beautifully summarized uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Those are constraints on our unfettered liberty. Uh, and, and so let's, let's, let's hold up liberty as, a, as an ideal for us, recognizing that it has boundaries. So that's uh, what I'd like to say to us on this, uh, th this day where we're, we're celebrating our our country, we're celebrating our freedoms, we are celebrating our liberty, and reminding ourselves that, that, that there are boundaries around that, and that we, we as, as individual human beings, I can tell you, my dear sisters and brothers, I got a lot of work to do personally, and I suggest that we all do. Uh, we certainly have a lot of work to do personally to put ourselves, put aside our, our pull to self-righteousness, to put aside our, our, our pull to, uh, to, to satisfy our, our own impulses, uh, often at the expense of others. And, and we have that same, uh, that same need as a community and that same uh, need as, a, uh, as, as, as our larger community to uh, put aside our divisiveness, put aside our self-righteousness, uh, reach across our tribal boundaries, reach out our hands to each other in love and mercy and kindness. Uh, if we can emerge from this uh, celebration on this 4th of July, uh, knowing that that's a next step we need to take, then I think we are uh, taking a next step towards the, uh, the, the true freedom, the freedom in Christ uh, that, that uh, we're called to.
I want to conclude with the, the Collect for Peace uh, from the Book of Common Prayer. It, it, it's, it, there's a line in here that, that is um, um, profoundly paradoxical. And see if you can, if you can get it. O oh God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life, and to serve you is perfect freedom. To serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. My dear friends, the call is to serve Christ. And it's in that service, that total surrender of our wills, that we will know the perfect freedom that our hearts long for. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.